Well, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him learn. But hey, we should be working on making a learning culture around where we work, right? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of the Learning Geeks podcast, starting now. You forgot that it's season six kickoff. Oh, event. okay. Let me do it again. <laughs> oh, I'm All just right. going to keep rolling with it. Just keep, <laughs> just, just go with okay. Well, here, let's do it. Okay. Ready? Hello. Welcome to season six. Ooh, oh, my yay. goodness. <laughs> How have I been with you chuckleheads this long? That's what. I don't know. <laughs> Asking that all the time. <laughs> well, this is there's we, no going back now. There is none. We are we are we are irretrievably linked. Or rep, I don't know what you want to say. We're we're in it for the long haul. But uh, hey, guys, how was your how was your summer break? Yeah, break was good. Um, family trip out to Colorado. Saw some family out there and uh, did a Michigan trip. Always love enjoy staying out on Lake Michigan for a couple of days. So that was fun, Dana. Yeah, we, we uh, did an Idaho trip, but it was short. Mostly we stayed around here. I mean, all the family's close by. And, and Bob, you know this, of course, and I, Jake, uh, I think you know this, but we also just a couple of weeks ago hosted our team strategy planning session for next year, the Learning Ingenuity Summit. Learning Ingenuity is the name of the team that we, yeah. Bob, Bob leads now. So the Learning Summit at Dana's house? Yes. Yeah. Dana and Julie were incredible hosts. We have we have designated their house now as the K Center, as opposed to the Q Center where we all used to work, because you know it has the same level of hospitality, if not better, plus soft serve ice cream. So so we had we had uh, we celebrated McKinsey's birthday last night. And we had everybody over, and uh, my sons and all love that machine. They just it's keep amazing. going over and filling it up and filling it up. And yeah, eating more and filling it up. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Jake, did we tell you about the lightning strike? No. So so it was like Thursday at the end of our working day, and we were getting ready. We, we went to an escape room for a team building activity. We were getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden, it sounded like this gigantic explosion, and the lights dimmed for a second. And it took a second. You're just like, what was going on? And all of a sudden, I was like, that was a lightning strike, and that was like right on top of us. And was Thor on the roof? Could have been. He probably was. Loki was there too. (laughs) We went outside and there's tree bark all over the driveway. And then we look over and the tree between Dana's house and his neighbor's house completely obliterated and fallen. The (laughs) the tree like fell into the neighbor's driveway. Had it fallen into Dana's driveway, it would have crushed my rental car, which really would have been bad. (laughs) Did you at least have insurance just to make you feel better? No, of course not. No, insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awful. It would have been awful. But it was it was amazing. And then, you know, we we went ahead and went to the escape room and we came back and Dana's neighbors had all like cleaned up the tree. Yeah, they all came over with chainsaws and gloves and it was yeah. We were gone what maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Amazing. And it was all piled out on the road waiting for it to be hauled away. But no cars got hit. No cars no. got hit. Uh, yeah. No, an amazing experience I've never had. So that was was definitely the highlight of my summer. Also, um, I took the boys and my brother and uh, nephew and then three other guys from work uh, back on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Nice. And we had a great time. 
Is that officially closed now? Uh, no, end of September. So there's, okay. you know, I think about five or six more cruises left from the time we're recording this. But anyway, we should probably move on to the actual like topic, which is I, I can't think of a good segue from the Star Cruiser to a learning culture. So I'm just going to hand it over to my good friend, Dana, who uh, on our behalf led an effort to do some research into what it takes to build a learning culture. And Dana's going to share that. And then we're going to jump in and ask a bunch of questions, Jake. Sound like a plan? That's not that like a plan, good. but I'm going to change it just a little bit. I'm okay. going to ask a question of each of you. So let me give you some context. All right. Great. So I know I know you guys are both into uh, movies and fiction and things like that. So, so put on your uh, imaginary glasses. And I want our listening audience to do the same thing. You've been invited into an organization that has an award-winning learning culture. I mean, it has been written up in ATD. It's been it just, it's spectacular. Everybody talks about what a great learning culture is. So you've been invited to visit them and you were asked by your organization to be a spy. So what evidences would you see as you walked around the organization and interacted with people that this was a great learning culture? Oh, that's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Jake, we could make it come real if you just invite me over for lunch sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're probably getting into trouble with this. I am going to be in Chicago at the end of this week, though. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I would look for is I would look for. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, so I'm just going to put it this way. I, I would look for freedom to fail. Mm -hmm. So I think an important part of a learning culture that I would be looking for is do people honestly have the freedom to fail? And I would supplement with supplement that by saying that it's a genuine freedom to fail and not just one where the company says our people are free to fail yeah. and then you're not really free to fail or only mm -hmm. selected people are okay to make mistakes but other people one strike and you're out so that's one thing that comes to mind how about you Jim? yeah uh very similar i would say or at least in similar uh space i would be looking at the leaders specifically some of the senior leaders, to see if they are modeling effective learning techniques, specifically how to be vulnerable to say, I don't have all the answers. I'm okay not being right all the time. I'm not the expert. Because I think sometimes in their position of power, that could then trickle down and create that environment in which failure, vulnerability, curiosity, learning is seen as at, at the forefront and seen as a, a focus area. So I'd probably look there. I think that's a really good one, Jake, and especially because I have already read the paper and I know that is an important one. So good job. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, you guys must have read the research paper that I sent out ahead of time. No. no. But I think it's an interesting exercise to go through, right? I mean, what are the evidences? Because if you can think through what the evidences would be and you look at your own learning organization, you, you, you might say, you know, I, I don't think I can fail without some type of a ding. Or I hear my leader saying things, but they're not really walking the talk, right? So, so, so uh, as Bob mentioned, um, I was my team was commissioned to do some research on what makes a strong learning culture, and uh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't do this 
years ago because this is one of the most frequent questions that's come up since I've been involved in research. So we did our typical researchy thing. We read lots of different uh, reports, looked at a lot of the different research sources, a uh, lot of articles. And what our research boiled down to was five particular areas. So how do you create a strong learning culture? The first one, and you guys hit on this, is that the leadership steers the learning value. And, and what the research says about that is, not only is there modeling, but there is also uh, permission to do things like fail. There's um, time granted to learn. There's an encouragement to do it. There's, uh, again, the big example set. And uh, I, I encountered that, a, uh, I think it was 2016 when I went out to Facebook's campus. and. Uh, I was with a group of learning leaders there, and they shared the story that Mark Zuckerberg at that time would be reading all kinds of very deep technical and scientific books. And at the beginning of the week, he would send a note out saying, hey, here's what I'm reading. And anybody who wants to join me for a discussion on Friday, we're meeting in such and such a place. Well, if you th think about that, what that says is, okay, my leader the uh, head of the company is reading and they're reading, it's not, they're not reading uh, Nancy Drew books, right? I mean, they're reading scientific stuff and sometimes it related directly to what Facebook was trying to do, sometimes it didn't. Uh, but then he's inviting me to a discussion to have a shared experience, right? So there's some of the elements of, uh, of leadership steering the learning value. The second finding related to learning in the flow of work um, and, and that is, the research was indicating that organizations that have a strong learning culture do a lot to make learning available everywhere. And it's not that they don't still have official training courses where people step away, but they make it so learning is just a natural part of what people are doing every day. And there's a variety of ways and techniques that they're doing that. Um, the third one is around employee value proposition. The employees have to see that there's value in it for them. If they don't see that there's value in it for them, then it's going to be really tough unless they're very intrinsically motivated to, to grow on their own. Uh, but if they see that learning is rewarded, if they see that people who are uh, learning new skills get to apply those new skills, that's just another indicator of a strong learning culture. So I'm going to stop there. There's two more, but any reflections on those first three? I think the point about the leaders, going back to Jake's point, it really is vital. And I've seen both positive and negative examples in that in my long career. Um, unfortunately, I feel like this honestly isn't the case with my work situation right now. But unfortunately, I feel like I've seen more leaders over time who just, to my point about paying lip service to being free to fail, also are paying lip service towards learning. Right. Like they they know that it sounds good that my people are learning, but at the end of the day, they're not super interested in what they're learning or how much they're actually learning or the impact that that's having on the company. They're kind of just wanting to check off, you know, check that box that the learning has happened. And, and Bob, so, one comment on that is that if if senior leaders who were not in the learning space understood the value of learning culture, that might change things a little bit. So for example, one of the report reports we read uh, from Deloitte said that 46, well, let me just read it. 
Deloitte found a strong learning that strong learning cultures focused on continuous learning are 46% more likely to be first to market. They experience 37% higher productivity and are 92% more likely to be innovative. I mean, those are pretty strong yeah, you numbers. you can't sneeze at those. No, metrics, I mean, even right? if they're off by a factor of 10, yeah, who yeah, wouldn't yeah. want that, right? right. Mm -hmm. Jake, any reflections on those first three that leadership steers learning value, learning in the flow of work, or employee value proposition? Yeah, I mean, for me, Dana, I look at the three, and I, again, a lot what Bob said, and the one thing that stood out to me while I was reading this report, and I promised the reflection I had was one of my own reflections <laughs> and not, not looking at the, the report. So you didn't do your homework is what you're trying to uh, say. No, I did. I did read it. Um, but he forgot I it. Did. It's, it's no. a typical pre-work. Oh, yeah, I read didn't it. Didn't learn uh, a thing. I don't remember yeah. anything about it. But I... No, 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 because this actually aligns very closely to some of the work that I've been doing as well. What I liked about the three is there is nothing in there, at least at the surface, that is what a typical L&D organization is known for. A lot of it mm. is around, and, and I know this is around the culture, but these are things in the flow of work. These are things that leaders need to do. This is talking about the value of employees. And I think I have this up. Let me see if I do. I do. So when I, the value one stood out to me because this links back to research we did uh, in 2022. Every year we do these learning trends analysis where we also look at major reports. And when we talk about the value that individuals think about learning cultures and what people and companies find valuable in it. They said that when companies and organizations who focus on upscaling and reskilling, the Harvard Business Review said that that strategy is one of the second best strategies to boost retention. And then MIT Sloan, I think this is an early 2022 article, said that it was the eighth best thing to improve your culture in the eye of an employee. So basically, if you step back, I think that whole value of learning, it's one of the one of the top reasons, not only to help people decide if they want to stay or to, to go, um, but it also is a sign of care and development of care. So I think when I think of that one specifically, that value prop, I think that is a, it's a huge, huge importance to the bottom line of your organization of how important a learning culture and the value of learning you can have on your employees. Yeah, and the things you outlined, Jake, the, the retention that was reinforced by several of the things we read. Uh, Josh Burson had a, I think it was 2018 report where he drove that one home quite firmly that uh, employees tend to stay at organizations where they have the opportunity to grow and learn. And mm -hmm. whether it's in the flow of work or whether it's being modeled by senior leaders, they're seeing the value. Others, you know, my leaders value it. They're modeling it. They're letting me do it. I'm growing, I'm happier. There's no reason for me to look for other work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we often hear stories of companies that are afraid we're going to invest in these people and then they're just going to leave and take that all with them. Yep. Right? But I think the evidence that we're seeing here is there's a payoff just in terms of, of their morale and their retention and their engagement uh, that the time that they are there they will be delivering more and that it's worth the investment. And even if they do leave, mm -hmm. they also leave with a high view and a perspective and a, they value that organization, you know, when they right. do leave, which 
that's when you start to get, oh, this person worked here. I want to work there. I knew that that person worked there. So let me go talk to them. And then they talk about how effective the learning is, how effective the organization is, the culture is. It, it, it does circle back in some way. I don't have the evidence right in front of me to show that, but I have read that. I mean, that is another factor as well. It's not so if they leave, okay, that's not what you want, but we're already seeing that they do stay longer when you do value it. So the discussion we're having fits nicely with the fourth finding, which was uh, around partnering with talent development teams. Uh, the research brought to light that if the L&D, the learning and development folks, um, are at the table with the people who do recruiting, the people who do performance management, the people who do you know, annual reviews and rewards and recognition, they can find ways to have learning reinforced in all of those processes. So for example, recruiting, they can be hiring people who are <clears throat> adept at learning, that have a you know, learning agility, that, that have a growth mindset as compared to a fixed mindset, right? Uh, the people who are involved in performance management, well, that's a great opportunity to sit with employees and say, hey, what's your learning plan for the year? What's your you know, individualized learning plan, your ILP? Um, and you can just go right down the line, right, with all of the different uh, organizations. So that was a key thing is that it, if learning permeates your culture, it's found in processes throughout your organization. Let me throw a question back out to both of you. You just mentioned recruiting. If you just think in the last five years, let's say, how often have you worked with recruiting or a team like that on the talent side? I would say zero for me. Yeah, just a little bit not related, right? So I, I think that's a really good point. And Dana, I was saying, well, Dana and Jake, because you know you were you were still around when we were we were talking about this a few years ago. I'm thinking about uh, probably five or six years ago when we were really starting to focus on the idea of creating the market, right? Like mm -hmm. really working with recruiting and saying hey, we're going to identify high potential people really early, like maybe really early even in their in their college career or college is increasingly irrelevant, <laughs> you know, very, very young people and say, we're going to help train you and get you ready to join the workforce when, you know, when you're ready to join us, you'll have the skills and then we're going to want to hire you. And um, I, I still think that that is a, a good strategy to invest in um, because you're, you're crafting people who are able to fill the mold that you need, but also just from the corporate citizenship point of view, right? Like you're doing better good into the world, kind of coming back mm -hmm. to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. What it, going back to recruiting and other functions outside of, of learning development, I would say in the last year, I've tried to make a lot of friends in, in these places. Um, it, but it, it, it's different for me to learn the ins and outs of the different functions, specifically recruiting, trying to spot opportunities. And one opportunity that does exist other than the ones that you already mentioned, when someone is onboarded, there's a lot of assessments. There's a lot of, uh, whether or not it's a written assessments or assessments you've done in interviews, it just depends on what kind of assessment strategy you have. There's a lot that you do know of those individuals, but then, you know, what are their gaps? What can you do to support them when they're onboarded in any way to help at least maybe personalize? I think that would probably be, be great, but it's also really hard to do it, especially if you have a large organization. But you can start to identify trends and areas of opportunity to create more specific things for them. That way, think of that, that, first, that first year. You can 
hopefully onboard them. But again, I think recruiting to there's people analytics teams, there's uh, like you already said, Dana performance. It's that, that is one thing I've been trying to do is make friends in all those different areas. Well, Jake, I'm glad you brought up the onboarding piece because that that's another place where you can start to set the culture. When people are brought in, you, from the very beginning, you can say, this is an organization where you're going to have opportunities to grow and learn. One of the things that, uh, that, that Bob and I integrated into the learning experience that we have in the metaverse is a, an exhibit on learning to learn, right? So from the very first couple of days at Accenture, people get exposed to this notion of, hey, we not only want you to learn, but we're going to teach you how you can learn even better than you did when you were at the university. And so I think the onboarding is, is another key one. So thanks for bringing that up. All right. Number five is having learning ambassadors, uh, both internal and external. So by that, by that, it's like there are ambassadors. There are people who are advocates, active advocates, very intentional internally messaging what the learning culture is and how people can take advantage of it. But then also doing the same thing externally. And, and that external part, reaches into um, the discussion we just had about recruiting. Because if people say, hey, I want to go to a place, a company where I'm going to be able to grow and develop my skills, if that messaging is in the marketplace, whether it's at LinkedIn or conferences or wherever it may be, that tends to feed a thriving learning culture. Good thing we're learning ambassadors, guys. We are learning ambassadors. <laughs> we're learning geek ambassadors. <laughs> yeah, th this is an example of, of that. Um, I think it is. What would what, yeah. what would be some other examples, Dana? Because that was the one I was interested a lot too, is that external one. What do you think are outside of, like you mentioned, the recruiting conferences, what other things are there? Well, there's things found? like writing articles for, you know, for publication in, in learning magazines. There's campus recruiting, right? There's opportunities to go out to campus. I've given, I've given presentations uh, at uh, college campuses to people who are in the learning industry. Right. And uh, and then also I've had a lot of opportunities to ha give learning presentations at client sites. And, uh, you know, th those types of things all reinforce the fact that, yeah, we pay a lot of attention to learning and it's it's important to our culture. Yeah. And Dan, yeah. I know you've had the chance to teach our learn to learn course at yep. in university settings as well, yep. which, again, can be a, a altruistic uh you know, contributing back to the community type thing, but serves that purpose as well. The external part, Jake, is really about getting the word out in the, you know, the broader, yeah. the broader yeah. world. Plus you've, you've got brain hacks out there. We've got brain hacks. Yeah. And we, we do have, some, have brain hacks. We have some new versions that are going to be published before too long. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, this is one area that I, when I talk to anybody that's new in the space or newer, I would say in a couple of years in L&D, I, I say how important this is. I, I would even say back to my early, early on part of my career, I remember thinking about awards, winning awards for the learning organization. And I thought, what's the big deal? <laughs> what's the right, big deal? Right. But I realized that there's more to it than just the actual award that you get. There is the, the recognition, rec recognition of the organization. It's more awareness of, of how much you do care about the learning culture within so I, yeah, whether or not it's, it's conference opportunities, small things that you can do. If you could jump on some podcasts, if you work with an ATD like organization, things like that. I mean, those are great yeah. opportunities, not only for yourself as a 
from a personal development standpoint. But again, I think it comes back to the organization as well. Yeah. So those are the five things. Um, and I think the other thing that I wanted to bring to the discussion was the, the idea that building a, a strong culture of learning is not just the responsibility of the leadership. They need to create the environment. They need to model it. But individual employees have a role as well. And you know, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, you could probably sit down and generate a good list of what are some employee best practices and what are some leader best practices. And uh, if you spend some time doing that, you'd probably come up with some good ideas to advance your own organization's learning culture. So maybe, Dana, if you want to talk, because there's one section here that I think is always important. Yeah. What gets in the way <laughs> of a strong learning culture? Yeah. You have some good ones here listed that yeah. I'm sure you'll mention, but. What do you think? Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, you did you did mention the the. The, well, let's just go back to the leadership aspect. Again, they're not the sole individuals that are responsible for creating the culture, but you could start to model where you, you could say, I, I do value learning mm-hmm. and development, yeah. but then you could also be a modeler that says, well, I still value more of the deliverables, the work, and I put way more emphasis there. And then even though I say I like learning, and then that, but really, I, I don't show it yeah. as much. So I may put more emphasis and more weight on the deliverables and just getting things done, the tasks and all that. Again, not to say that you may not, you still will value learning, but you may show that you're doing more there, which then could create a, a little bit of a culture within your teams or larger groups that, yeah, yeah, now's not the time. I'll get to that learning later, but I got to right. get this stuff done. Right. And, and yeah. that'd be one thing. Yeah, you're hitting on the one of the ATD reports we we read said that the uh, the greatest barrier, the primary barrier to successfully creating a strong culture of learning was a lack of dedicated time for learning and the sharing of knowledge. So it's not only the you know the the formal learning, the learning floor work, but it's also the social learning, being able to learn from each other. So that was the primary reason. But there were other things like uh, being so staffed or understaffed uh, on work that you, you don't have, again, you don't have time feeling overworked. It's like, I've given the company everything and now they want me to take this training. The lack of true leadership, support, resources, lack of formalized processes. And we talked about how you could integrate learning into a variety of talent development functions. Well, if those things are not embedded into the processes, then you know one, one leader might do them and another won't. And you'll have two employees who are having very different experiences uh, as far as being able to learn things. Um, another one, and this goes right along with the one, the employee value prop, that is, um, you know, if people don't see that value, they're not going to do it. So, so there are several barriers. Yeah. Yeah. That takes me right back to our old friend, Stephen Covey in the seventh habit of sharpen the saw, right. Or, or as I heard him say it once, um, you know, have you ever been so busy driving that you don't stop to get gas? You know, also key in there is the idea that if you do, to play out the original metaphor, if you do stop to sharpen your saw, that you are effective at sharpening your saw, you know, that that your saw blade is actually getting sharper in order to make you more effective for the future. That's where you need to see the value payoff, especially, you know, maybe it's not the CEO, but the CFO who is worried about productivity and, you know, time, quote unquote, lost for learning. 
uh, if we can demonstrate back to that person that taking the time away to build your skills is actually resulting in more total productivity at the end of the day, uh, we can help with that argument. Yeah. And, and if the supervisor comes along and says, hey, your blade's uh, looking a little dim, you're, you're, the wood you're cutting, it's not quite so crisp as it should be. Why don't you just sharpen that saw? Right. Yeah. Then that leadership component. So um, I know we're getting close to our end of our time, but I would love to, again, throw it back to you both of individuals who are leaders of people, leaders of teams. And you have, a, 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 you know, what's your role in it? Not only as your yourself as learners, but also of helping others on the team. We've all probably have gone through ebbs and flows of when we feel we've created this really effective team, a learning culture within our team. And there's times where you probably haven't felt the same. What are some things to help you sustain that where you feel pretty balanced? You feel like you're doing, what are some techniques and like things that you would tell the audience of how to make sure to keep it going? Yeah. Um, and anything that you've learned in the past. One thing that I try to do, especially with the more junior people who I work with is take time in every one-on-one, usually towards the end of the one-on-one to say, you know, what, what have you learned since last time we talked or what, what are you learning? And, and encouraging that reflection, because mm-hmm. I do think that, and this is getting back to uh, l- workflow-based learning, Dana, and the, the second one, I think it was in the list of five, um, re- reflection is so important to take the time just to simply stop and reflect on what you're learning uh, encouraging them to do that just by asking them the question is super effective. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And I'd add a couple of things. One is Bob mentioned early on the the whole notion of being able to fail and learn from failure. I think leaders can do a lot to, to create, they have to create that culture. In fact, one of the research papers we read, I don't remember the exact number, but there was a, there was a, a quite a split between leaders believing that, they are supporting an environment of failure and employees actually feeling like they're in an environment that supports failure. I mean, there's a big gap. I don't remember the numbers again, but there was a big gap. So I think leaders have a long way to go in, in creating a context where people can make mistakes and not have consequences for those mistakes. You know, unless mm-hmm. they're you know, like embezzlement or other serious mistakes <laughs> that are outright crimes, right? <laughs> See what they can learn from that. But, um, so yeah, I, I'd mention that. And then the other thing that came out in all of the research is this whole notion of intentionality from, from the bottom up, right? If you're intentional as an employee about learning and wanting to grow your skills, and if you're a leader, you can create, you can be intentional about creating that environment in part by do, embedding in processes or do the modeling or the other things we've mentioned. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd list those couple of things. Well, hey guys, thanks. This is a great kickoff to season six, reflecting on what makes a good learning culture. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now, you, you know how most like prestige television shows that you watch, usually it has a next time on, but usually mm-hmm. after the first episode, it's like this season on, you know, and you get like the whole perspective of the year. Um, I just wanted to say, as we were looking through our plans for this year, we've got some great guests lined up. Oh my. Yeah. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we've got some some great topics where it's just the three of us bantering like this. So uh, again, we appreciate your feedback on this. You know, we, we got feedback from people that, that you like it when it's just the three of us talking. So we will do that from time to time. And I think it's going to be a really great 
exciting season for us here on The Learning Geeks. So I'm looking forward to jumping into it with y'all. I agree, Bob. And the interesting thing is as we're lining up guests, we actually have no problem lining up guests. We get people knocking at our door saying, I think I have something to contribute. Yeah, and, and I think we, we're we can, I think we can, I think we're what five months ahead. Now we are something like that. Yeah. And and we just I mean, there might be other people who want to reach out and ask us uh, to be on the show. One thing that's we want to make clear is we talk about learning. We don't talk about products and services. Right. I mean, it's this is all meant for learning geeks and sometimes products and services come up. But the intent on this is not to be salesy at all. So. Yeah. And I think one of the other things, too, is whenever we do talk about learning, we always try to apply it to not just a learning and development professional, but someone who is, who just values learning and development for their, themselves yeah. and leaders. And, and I think a lot of what you can take in all of it, uh, all of our episodes really can be applied to the non L and D professional. All right. Season and six. Star Wars. And Star Season Wars. Six. We didn't even talk about Ahsoka, oh but we'll save God. it. Oh yeah. We'll save it. We'll save Next, it. We need to do an after show when it, when it, when the season's done. Yeah. We'll, we'll get like Dan Zier back on or somebody. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be really we fun. We should. That'd be really fun. So, all right, boys. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Dana. Thank you, Jake. This is Bob saying join us next time for a really awesome episode of The Learning Geeks. I don't remember what we have exactly for next time. And, you do. You know, You're up. Yeah, it, you're is right. it my? It's, it's yeah, but you phone. know, if I record it, you know, will we put it out <laughs> at the right time? You know, sometimes we unsequence stuff. Anyway, True. whatever it's going to be is going to be awesome. Well, if it's not the next one, at some point, Bob, we're going to be talking about what we learned from the games we played. That's your. That topic. is exactly right. But it may. Yes. It may or may not be the next one. It may, it may be the ne- it, it will be the next one we record. It might not be the next one we air. Either way, it's going to be awesome. Regardless, just wait till it comes up in your podcast feed. And until then, stay geeky, my friends. We'll see you later. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye.